just thank the Lord today. Father, we are so grateful for your presence. Thank you, Father, for your house. Those who are planted in the house will flourish in the things that they do in life. We believe that today, Lord. I just thank you that, that in this service, as your word goes forth, that it will not return void, but accomplish great things in your people as they hear and receive your word today. And we bless you, we honor you. Thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Everybody grateful for the rain? I'm grateful for the rain. You know, it seems like that in life, it's easy to be, um, it's easy to be in in a place where you can complain about anything, you know? Um, hadn't rained in a long time and it's dry outside then it starts raining then we complain it's raining too much you know and then I mean I mean people just in general but you know God just wants us to be just thankful for him amen and and all the other things will line up uh you know when you hear another story of a potential uh uh hurricane level four or five hurricane coming into the east coast and you know, you start thinking, oh my gosh, another, all the drama and everything that goes along with that. Well, start speaking the word over that thing, amen? Start declaring no destruction, you know? It's going to bring rain and what they need in that, in that way, but no destruction in the name of Jesus. Start, to, start believing that, you know, just because it's not headed toward our coast, you know, and potentially won't affect us, that doesn't matter. Let's, let's be involved in what other people are doing. And i tell you what it does is it gets your mind off yourself and, and a complaining attitude about things and, and how grateful and thankful that we are, that we have authority that can make a difference in the words that we speak. We can declare something out there and make a change on behalf of the Carolinas or wherever, you know, that, that thing, that deal out there could potentially hit. We're, just, we're declaring no destruction in the name of Jesus. Amen? I'm in agreement with that today. I believe that. I believe no destruction on their behalf. I was praying that this morning for, for uh, that whole East Coast in the name of Jesus. God is good. His word is true to us and we thank him for it. Amen? So we're in a series, um, kind of started this in, in August on Wednesday nights, different title, a little bit different than what I'm sharing now this month. But the title of our, our message for this month is Hearing God. Hearing God. And if you haven't listened, if you didn't hear any of the messages or you, you know, if you heard them once, it's not enough, I'd go back and go to the website and, and either listen to or download. The messages are free. Any of the Wednesday nights in, in, um, in August and then also, uh, last Sunday was our first Sunday in, in this title, Hearing God. Uh, during the summer, we titled our messages, The Voice of God. Really knowing and understanding the voice of God. Can we know the voice of God? I'll just say, uh, your, your whole life is wrapped around you being able to hear God's voice. Once you become convinced of the importance of God's Word, hearing the Word, making the Word of God part of you, then it's vital that you hear God speaking to you from His Word, the things He wants you to know and the things He wants you to do on a day-to-day basis. And can we hear God that way? Can, can we truly hear God that way? And that's what we're talking about, and that's what we're going to look at uh, today. 
and look at a, a number of different scriptures of people that heard God and got results. That's what matters, amen? Hearing God produces results. When you hear God, it will produce things in your life that you're believing for. Starting with Psalm 23. <clears throat> Psalm 23 and verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Everybody say, He leads me. This whole passage of Scripture and everything in it is... It, it's talking about and what determines the success of all that he talks about in, in Psalm 23 is whether I allowed him to lead me. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And so here's a path. Yea, though you, shall, you, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death... David said, I will fear no evil. You're with me, your rod, or your, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The reason I read the whole chapter is because there's a lot of really good things in there, but if your focus is not on me allowing God to lead me to experience those things, then they don't happen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because He's leading me. And that's what, that's what you and I have to, we, we, we have to make this a part of our life, that we can hear the voice of God, and when God is speaking, He's leading. Another passage that we looked at last week that I want to look at again in the New Testament is in Matthew 10. Matthew 10 and verse 3. No, it's not Matthew 10, it's John 10. John 10 and verse 3. He says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Everybody say, I'm a sheep. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He leads us. I'm going to say it again. God leads us. What determines whether we fear nothing in the midst of difficult times and things that we face, what determines that is whether he's leading me. What determines whether he's leading me or not is am I hearing him speak to me? And, and for him... For me to hear him speak to me, I have to believe he can. And that when he speaks, I can hear. I promise you, it's not a God not speaking issue. The issue in life is we're not listening. Or we don't know how to listen. Or it's not been developed in us, right? So if you have questions about that and you've been taught in your life that you just never know what God's going to do and, you know, people talk about hearing God and they kind of throw it around, you know, like a, like a God card, you know, you flip them around, well, God said, God said, God said, and nothing, you know, then God, God said and he told them to do something and two weeks later they're doing something different, right? That's not God said, that's, I use the God card because I wanted to get something accomplished. God doesn't want us using the God card. God wants us to know Him, 
to know how to hear his voice, allow him to lead us, and then look at what verse 5 says. Uh, Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from the stranger, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So for a sheep to know only the voice of the master, they have to develop their hearing for the master. There's many, 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 many voices out there every day that you and I come in contact with, voices coming from everywhere. Everything that creates an idea in your mind comes from a voice of some form or another. But there's one voice from him, and that voice is not overpowering, it's not pushy, it will not force itself on you, it's a still small voice. A still small voice. In Matthew, I knew I was going to Matthew, in Matthew chapter 11, and verse 15, it says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, not going in this direction today, we've taught many times and taught series on this, but I'm telling you today and, and you, through time or you can listen to other messages along this line, but there are these ears and then there's internal ears. There's natural ears that we hear things. Today I'm speaking to you, first and foremost, you're hearing things with your natural ears, but as I'm preaching the Word, you can pick something up as I'm preaching the Word that sometimes doesn't even relate to what I'm teaching on because of the power of the Word, but you're not getting that with these ears and this head, you're getting it internally. So if any man has ears to hear, let him hear, and in The book of Revelation, in the prophecy, in in the words that were given to the Apostle John from Jesus himself, he said, if any man has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Everybody say, I'm the church. You and I are the church. We're the church. This is a congregation of people that are made up of the church. And this congregation is what God is building in the earth. Congregations of people that are receiving His Word, learning how to hear His voice, and then learning to do what He says. That's what a successful congregation of people is about. People that are learning how to hear and doing something with what they hear, but being convinced that they can hear from God. Look at verse 28. So he said, Jesus said, If any man has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 28 in this same chapter says... Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, everybody say yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What he's saying here is, come to me, listen to me, pay attention to me, Let me direct your life so you won't feel burdensome and heavy like you're trying to make things happen. And how do you get there? 
by being a person of the soul and not listening to him on the inside. He said, I'll give you rest from your soul. Your soul labors, your soul, your mind, will, and emotion will labor to try to figure things out. He's saying, you don't have to figure things out, you have to learn of me. If you'll learn from me and you learn how I operate in the earth, I will give you rest for your soul and I will lead you and if you follow, every place I lead you to will be success. Would God ever lead you over the side of the cliff? Not the God I know, right? Now I could go over the side of a cliff, but it'd be me trying to figure something out myself. Amen? The yoke on an oxen, the yoke controls the direction. And actually, actually, the yoke is for two ox, and it goes around their necks so that it'll, they'll move in the same direction. That's what he's wanting. He's wanting for me to take his yoke and connect with him. And if I'm in the yoke with him, then wherever he leads, I go. Amen? Psalm 32. We'll see it in a little bit different light right here. Psalm 32 and verse 8. Actually, before we look at that Psalm 32, look at Ephesians 5 and verse 15. Ephesians 5 and 15. See that you walk circumspectly. Now, you don't have to change it necessarily on the screen right there, but I'm going I'm to give you the definition or what the Amplified defines as walking circumspectly. It's to live purposefully, worthily, and accurately. Not as somebody who is unwise or witless. To walk circumspectly is to live purposefully, worthily, and accurately, not as the unwise or the witless. We're not unwise people. We walk and live in understanding. Um, I'm going to read it now in the New King James. See that you walk circumspectly, purposefully, on purpose, with direction. Walk knowing where you're going. He said, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And, and what's evil about the days are all the voices. You may never have ever heard anybody say that before, but I'm telling you, download that into your thinking. What's evil about the day is not the people, it's the voices. Because the voices create ideas and patterns in people's lives that cause them to do things that are not right. But there's one voice that will lead you to a place of rest and confidence and knowing that will lead you to, to places in your life that you only dreamed of going. Throughout the scripture, there's many different passages that talk about 
how that God is above and beyond anything that we can ask or think. But the way that you experience the above anything you can ask or think, the way you experience that is by tapping into the belief system that you can hear his voice and do actually what he said. Back to Psalm 32. We're not going to walk as the unwise. We're not going to walk as people that lack understanding. Psalm 32 in uh, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you or lead you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. Do not be like a horse or a mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. So the horse and the mule don't have any understanding. He's saying, don't be like them. In other words, have understanding. Have purpose in where you're going. The only way to have purpose in life, to know where you're going, is to know Him, be connected to Him, be connected to His Word, and know the voice of the Spirit so the Spirit can reveal to you what needs to be revealed to you in the moment. That's vital to the times that we live in. It is vital because what causes the days to be evil are people listening to voices that are not God. That's what makes the day, the day evil. This was in, this was actually um, in two different um, dictionaries, a Webster's and then the Marion Webster, uh, a bit for a horse is defined as an instrument used to help communicate with the horse. A bridle is defined as, there's a lot of other definitions to it, but I'm using this here because I read it in those dictionaries and I thought, that's exactly what God was saying. In other words, the bit and the bridle are to communicate and to guide, to control, to direct. That's what the bit and bridle are. What God's saying here is, don't be like the horse to have to need some outside source. Know that I'm on the inside of you and I can speak to you and I can tell you what to do. And if you'll do what I say, it'll produce. You're not like the horse and the mule. Uh, last week we talked about, out of uh, 1 Kings, we talked about the story of Elijah. How he had de defeated the 450 prophets of Baal. and He was at, at a real height in his life and all of a sudden he listened to a voice. Actually, probably listened, it was multiple voices saying, Jezebel's after you and she's fixing to take you out. This is a guy that, through the power of God, did many mighty things and even after this time did, but he got distracted because he listened to another voice other than God's. 
And he went and he stood before this certain land and there was an earthquake, there was wind, there was fire. And God said, I'm not in the earthquake. I'm not in the wind. I'm not in the fire. But I'm in, I, I am that still small voice. What he was saying to Elijah was, Elijah, you heard my voice. You did what I said. It defeated the 450 prophets. But what happened to you is that you listened to other voices and told you one woman was going to take you out. And he found a juniper tree and he went up under the tree and he sat down and he was ready to die. After the feat that he accomplished and now he's ready to die. Why? Because of a number of voices. I said last week it was because of one woman. No, it could be one woman, one man. It could be a dozen people. You understand? But what it was was voices. It was voices that came to him and said, she's after you. She didn't speak to him. She didn't tell him. She told other people to make sure he knew. He listened to other voices, and it brought him down. God wants us to listen, listening, learning to listen, and be familiar with that still small voice of his that will lead us and guide us. Now, the question, the big question the million-dollar question is, can we hear the voice of God? Good. We can hear it, and we can be confident in it, and we can be led by that voice. Amen? So I'm going to prove to you, just in these next few verses of Scripture, how that people in the Bible heard, literally heard His voice, and they did what He said, and it accomplished and then I'm going to give you several examples through the years as a pastor of people that have come to me with things that they felt like was God, but I want to just show you. I'm not going to say whether it's in the male or female, and it's nobody sitting in here today, and it's, you know, none of that. I'm just using some examples. Uh, you won't know, you won't, I mean, the names are changed to protect the innocent. Amen? <clears throat> this is a, this is a, what was that, dragnet? Yeah, dragnet, that was it. I mean, you think, Dragnet, what's that? Is that, a, is that a fishing show or what? I mean, no. Um, names are changed to protect this. I'm just going to give you some examples, you know. I've made some really bad choices in my life. I could use things, and I've used different examples in my life. I'm just telling you what isn't God to help you understand what is. Amen? So in um, Acts chapter 8, I'm not going to read this whole thing here. I just want you to see a couple of stories here in the Bible. In Acts chapter 8, <clears throat> we see a story of... This is after the day of Pentecost. Amazing things were happening. And in, in, uh, in Acts chapter 8, I'm just going to fast forward up to like verse 29. It says, Then, then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Philip had seen this chariot. There was a, there was a eunuch in, the, in this chariot. Uh, he was an Ethiopian eunuch. So he was a Gentile. And he, he was in that. And, and, and the Lord said, I want you, I mean, a chariot and horse. I mean, full on. Eunuch's in the back sitting and he's reading. He's 
reading, actually he's reading the book of Isaiah. And he's reading about the coming king, about the Messiah. And he's in the chariot and, he, and, he's, and he's going and the Lord said the, uh, in, in verse um, 29, it says, then the Spirit said to Philip, the Spirit said to Philip, the Spirit said to Philip, if you see five other chariots going in the opposite direction, then I want you to go after that other chariot. No. He just said, go after that chariot and catch up with it. I mean, Philip's got to be a track star or something, but the Spirit of the Lord came on him and he caught up with that chariot. Because catching a chariot, I, I don't know how, how, who, who would, who would ha- have any idea how fast a chariot could go like that? Maybe 25, 30 miles an hour, maybe, I don't know. Anybody ever driven a chariot? Oh. <laughs> um, but, so he said, uh, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? He's like, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, come on, hop up in the chariot, get in, get in the chariot and ride with me. And he did. Long story short, he went with him. He explained to him what he was reading. He prayed for him. He got born again. He baptized him. And that Gentile became saved. Why? Because Philip heard God say. Chapter 11. Chapter 11 in verse, um, verse 17. Uh, no, chapter 10 in verse 17. I'm sorry, not 11. Chapter 10 and verse 17. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, he had gotten a vision from God, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him. The Spirit said to Peter, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. He heard something from God. This is the, the, these accounts are on this side of the cross. Were those audible accounts? I want you to think about it for a minute. Were those audible voices of God speaking to Philip and Peter? The Bible says it was the Spirit of God And the Spirit of God spoke to them the same way the Spirit of God speaks to us. They knew because of the life that they had lived around Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the Word had gotten into them, the day of Pentecost had come, this was on the other side of the day of Pentecost. They had seen miracle after miracle, things were beginning to happen, they were beginning to see results. And what was happening was they were being in tune to their spirit man. They were born again people, spirit of God on the inside of them, baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
with the ability and, and, and the know-how of praying in other tongues to have revelation and understanding, and they knew things from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit said, do this, listen to me, you're saved today because Peter heard and did. This story about Cornelius, go back, I don't have time to go into the whole story, but you go back and read about that. You are born again today because you accepted something that started right here this day. Why? Because he heard the voice of the Spirit and he did what the Spirit told him to do. Can you say amen? That's what God once out of you and I. God wants you and I being confident we can hear the voice of God and do what the Spirit of God tells us. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, and then I'm going to just talk about a number of different examples I'm going to give you. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse... And verse 1. I'm going to read eight verses here and make a point. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. As my wife said today, there's that house, but then there's this house. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So there are things on the heavenly side that people want, but yet... God's wanting us to be, God's wanting us to want to be here, but live here like we're over there. I'm going to say it again. God knows the difficulties that we have in the flesh and the things that come again. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. Why? Because He's leading us. But the only way that He can lead us according to John 10, is that we're familiar with His voice and we know when He says what to do and then we do it because we follow His leading. He's given us the guarantee of His Spirit so that we can live like we're in heaven on earth. If we don't know the voice of the Spirit and know how to tap the voice of the Spirit and we don't work at it, I mean, you have to work at it. It's been one of the hardest, most difficult things I've ever had to learn how to do in my life. Well, it shouldn't be that hard. Well, maybe it's not for everybody else, but it has been for me. And I'm going to show you in a minute how I've had to practice and how I've taught many of you, just in personal sessions, how to listen and pay attention to certain things and not pay attention to other things. But He's given us His Spirit. Verse 6, 
So we are always confident knowing that while we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. What he's actually saying here, what, I, what, I, what he has spoken to me is, you don't have to be absent from me if you'll walk by faith and not by what you see. If you'll walk by faith and not by what you hear and what you feel and what are the voices say, if you walk by what I tell you to do, you don't have to feel like, oh, I, I, you know, I just, I, I can't wait till I get to heaven. I'm just fed up with this life and I just want to go on to heaven. And, and, and if, that's what certain, if that's what somebody does, okay, there's heaven. But God wants us, he doesn't want us to be so heavenly minded that we're no good here because there's a lot of work to do here and there's people's lives to be saved and healed and delivered. God wants you first and foremost to be confident that he's real and that you can hear his voice. I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith and not by sight. So, I'm just going to give you some examples, and I want to take these three examples that I have that I'm going to give you today. I'm just going to give you three. I've got about ten, but I'll give you three. How many want four? Uh, So, years ago, one time, somebody somebody came into my office and uh, they were asking me about taking another job in another city. <clears throat> and I said, okay. So, so I asked him questions. I always do that with people. I just ask people questions. I said, what, what's leading you to take that job? And they said, well, um, they're paying me this much more every month. And I, and I need the increase. And I said, okay. I said, if you're going to go because of money, have you considered the cost of living where you're living right now versus where you're going? Because they were basing their move on more money. And they said, no, I, they haven't. But the other day, I woke up, and my digital clock said 333. And I said, and well that's three is resurrection and I just feel like God was saying to me I want you to take that job now I'm not making fun of that I'm going to talk to you about what I think is God and is not God anybody ever had certain numbers come up on their digital clock that ministered to you and it meant something to you? Anybody ever have that? I have. I've had a number of times. number of times that meant something to me. Was that God speaking to me? What I believe it is at times? Is God confirming something to me that He's already spoken to me? Because first and foremost, and, and listen, Again, this is my opinion, okay? I'm giving you my opinion in three examples. My opinion is this. I would never move, I would never uproot my family and move to another location based on money. 
I would only move based on thus saith God. Now, somebody says, okay, so what is thus saith God about making a move? How are you, how are you going to do that? Well, there's a lot involved in it. Either next week or the, or the following week, we're going to talk about five keys to knowing the voice of God in a situation. So you don't want to miss it. And I, I'm going to mention one of them in, just for, for right now talking about this example. But when, when, when I've got to make a decision and my wife and I pray about it and we talk it through and, and, and we're both listening to God, you know, with a husband-wife relationship, I mean, uh, God's got to work through the differences in male and female, right? But if we're, if we're learning to lay certain things down in our own lives, if we're learning how to hear the voice of God and developing that, then it's not what I want, it's what He wants. And what I want is a selfish thing. And it puts demands on things. Remember what Jesus said? He said, look, if you're distressed about a decision that needs to be made, it's because you're in the soul. You're not learning from me. You're not coming to me to get the rest and the peace to your soul that you need so you can hear and be led by your spirit. He said, you're working yourself, you're working your soul and your emotions to the place that you can't hear the voice of God. You're listening to all these other voices. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, you know, the last time he did this or she did this, right? That's, that's all out there. See, that's all those voices constantly coming in. Somebody, anybody that's ever come to me and asked me about a move or, or doing something, it's always... Is this, does God want you to uproot out of this church and go somewhere else? Because, first and foremost, you need his word. So, if I was going to make a move somewhere, I would make sure that in my move there was a church to connect to. And it was not just any church just to satisfy my desire, but it was what God led me to. I'd have to know in, inside of me that it was the right. I'm talking about that's serious move. That's a serious move in life to move somewhere based on how much money you're going to make. Now, did I say it would be wrong to move because you were offered another $100,000 a year? Did I say it was wrong? I didn't say it was wrong. I just said if you move for that, then the devil will move you somewhere else. You have to know that it's right. And I promise you, if you don't move somewhere for a large sum of money, God will make sure to provide for you and opportunities will come your way where you choose to stay planted in his house where he wants you. I'm just absolutely convinced of it. That's where God wants you. So see, it's not, it's not about whether you should leave or not leave. It's whether... You're hearing the voice of God and you're not letting outside circumstances like a horse and bridle try to control the direction that you move in. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the wind. He's not in the fire. He's not in the $10,000 a year raise. He's not in that. 
He's all about you being trained to hear his voice and do what he says because then he can do anything with you. Then there's no limitations in your life. Second really good example I have. Um, So I had this person one time. Well, I have to tell you it's a guy because of the way I'm telling you this. But I had this guy come in years ago. And he told me that he wanted to get married. And he handed me this list. And I read it, and it was all the things, front and back, that he wanted in a wife. I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what, he's going to go, ah, I'm just kidding. No, he wasn't kidding at all. And somewhere on the back side, way at the bottom, it was, and that she loved God. So, you know, I mean, me like I am, I told him what I thought, and he didn't like it, you know. And I told him, I said, I'm not trying to, I said, man, I, you, you, God, God created you to be married. It's a good thing, unless he tells you along the way, that's not what he wants for you. But he created all of us. It's not good for man to be alone. And I said, but you don't want to just marry anything. Because I don't care what she looks like. I don't care what she looks like. If there's no God in her life, you're going to wake up one morning, maybe the second morning, and you're going to realize, who is this devil? He didn't like it. So he comes back to my office. I don't know why. I mean, I didn't encourage him to ever come back, you know. But he came, he came back again. And, and, and he brought with me, he brought with him a, a magazine. Just a magazine he had been reading. And uh, in the magazine, <clears throat> he had come across this person in the magazine that was dressed in a jersey of his favorite sports team and he believed God told him that's who he was to marry and I said what he said I I really believe I've heard from God on this what was he basing everything on his choices what he saw with his eyes Everything that was based on what he saw doesn't mean that God doesn't give you the desires of your heart, but his desires were of the flesh. Okay? Okay. Who doesn't have fleshly desires and you have to work through them and all that kind of stuff? Needless to say, he didn't take my advice and it didn't work out. And some ugly things happened as a result of it. And I, not just because I told him, but if you, don't, if you don't make choices and decisions based on what God says, and you've become convinced of what God is saying, it's going to create havoc. God wants us to hear his voice. I can tell you, I could sit here and tell you of a number of things in my life, choices that I made where I didn't hear the voice of God correctly. 
But does that mean we stay focused on what losers we are because we miss it? Everybody's missed it. Everybody has missed it. What am I going to do with it today? What am I going to do today? Learning to hear and develop the ability to hear the voice of God. One of the indicators, and we'll talk about it either next week or the week after, one of the indicators of hearing the voice of God is the peace of God. The peace rules like an umpire inside of you. You just know. There are things that you know. You, you may be struggling to hear God about a specific thing, and one day, one morning, you may wake up and you just have peace about the direction that you're going to go. To see if you sit and think about that long enough, you'll talk yourself out of it because other voices will tell you, nah, that wasn't God, nah, that wasn't this, nah. But it's the peace that comes to you. And we have to learn how to pay attention and follow that peace and be aware and familiar with that peace in our life. Amen? We'll talk about that a little more extensively either next week or the week after. And then my third example, um, <clears throat> we were just a, in the church a few years at the time, and um, this, this lady actually wasn't, well, anyway, it was a lady, but she, uh, she actually wasn't even a part of our church, but she was a part of a, an organization that I was a, I was an overseer of, um, a women's organization. She was part of that. And um, a prophet had come to town, and that prophet had prophesied to her that she was going to sell everything in her life and move to Israel. The prophet told her she was going to do that. He didn't tell her when, but uh, she proceeded to sell everything that she had, got rid of everything. Her, her, her husband had died several years before that. She wasn't, she wasn't, she, I mean, she was maybe in her late 50s, maybe early 60s, something like that. But she sold everything she had and she moved to Israel based on the leading of the voice of a human being. Now, whether this guy was a prophet or a self-proclaimed prophet or whatever he was, doesn't mean that, that if he was a prophet and he spoke that to her, you know, it was not, that I remember, it was not uh, made clear when that was going to be or how it was going to happen, but she just took it in her own hands and decided to take that word, let that word lead her, and she went and did something. She gets to Israel, can't even live there, and doesn't even have the money to get back. And people had to get her back, and it was a mess, and she kind of died an early death uh, just a few years after that over being so distressed and so overcome by the choice that she had made because she thought it was God. But what she did is she took something that should have been confirmation to her. She let that word from a, from a man lead her and it led her down the wrong path and over the side of the cliff and a premature death because of the stress at her age and, and the things that she was going through. And my point is, I've had many prophetic words. We've had many prophets through the years and have given people prophetic words. But we've taught you along the way. Never let a prophetic word lead you. We're not led by the prophet today as they were in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. We're led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. 
And we've been given the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And with the Spirit of God, we can hear His voice and we can know what He's trying to get over to us and to tell us. We don't need outside sources leading us because we don't want to take the time to judge what it is that we're hearing. Every example that I gave you today, the difference in taking what these people had and doing something with it or allowing it to control and ruin their lives was them not taking the time to judge what they were hearing. We walk by faith and not by what we see and hear. Not what feels good, not what seems right. There's a way that seems right that the end is destruction. What all those three examples needed was some instruction some understanding so that they won't continue to operate like a horse and mule. He wants us to be His children that hear His voice, they follow His leading, and then we do what He says, and it accomplishes what He said it will accomplish. That's what He's looking for in His people today. Remember, He wants you to live directly he wants you to live with understanding because the days are evil, because there's a lot of really strange voices. And if you learn to develop your ability to hear his voice, you have tapped in to the greatest revelation and understanding of what success is in the world. And there is no greater form of success. You can go to success classes to your success out. But the greatest success in life is developing and learning how to hear the voice of the Spirit of God. It'll produce everything that you need. I don't care what it is. It's, it produces that. And so I'm believing today by the Spirit of God that you are coming to a place of hearing Him and understanding Him greater than you ever have. That you are going to learn how to judge everything that you face and, and, and tell yourself, you know what, I'm, right, I'm looking at this situation and I'm fixing to make this choice based on what I'm seeing instead of what I'm hearing. Now, what you see, you know, 333 on your digital clock may confirm something to you that God's already spoken to you, right? Who you're going to marry Something may come across your path or something, but it's based on what God's already spoke to you on the inside. You can't put the cart before the horse and think that the natural thing is going to lead you into the Spirit. It, it never will. It's the Spirit that will lead you along the way, and there'll be natural confirmations as we go. Now, I don't know about you, but I can live with that. Amen? Amen? I can live with that. But what has to happen is every day I've got to judge what it is I'm hearing every day. Can you say amen?